Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of In the Ring with Acacia Kumont. As promised, more conversation about the OBS April two-year-old sale that's next on the docket. And this show is brought to you by OBS Sales. I say a big thank you to our partners. OBS sells more two-year-olds than any other sales company in the world. We just saw the March sale take place recently. Since 2018, there have been 300 stakes winners in March, 67% of those on dirt. OBS two-year-old sales combined account for 14% of the graded stakes placings. That's one, two, three since 2018. On the website, you can find a horse's pedigree, under tack video, and walking video. A two-year-old buyer is not only buying the horse's potential, but also the expertise of the horsemen that prepare these horses for their future. OBS is truly an international marketplace. Horses have been purchased from buyers from 49 of the 50 United States, Korea, Japan, the Middle East, Hong Kong, Singapore, and Europe. The OBS April sale is coming up from the 25th to the 28th, the under tax show going on right now while I'm recording this. That's from the 16th to the 22nd on the June sale will be coming up after that, June 13th to 15th, and the under tax sale with June 5th to 10th. We have a guest today, just one guest today, but one that is full of knowledge, truly a wealth of knowledge, and um, really have a, a great opportunity to get a chance to hear a little bit about some of his past experiences with selling horses at these two-year-old sales. So hope that you enjoy. Um, I will be at the OBS April sale too, looking forward to doing some stuff there, hopefully finding some nice uh, future stars, but also um, doing a little coverage of everything that's going on with the sale itself. So if you're at the sale, please come on over and say hello. And um, then we'll be back at Aqueduct after that uh, to continue on the race meet at Aqueduct just a few more weeks until we head on over to beautiful Belmont Park. I know all of you are just as excited as all of us are to get back over to Belmont Park after many, many months. It feels like being at Aqueduct since September we've been there. But anyway, let's dive right into it. A little bit more conversation about the OBS April two-year-old sale and welcome in our guest. I'm so happy to welcome in Dr. Barry Eisman joining me here, well-known consigner, um, someone who has a lot to do with the two-year-old sales. Barry, I know it's a really busy time with the two-year-old breeze show going on in Ocala. Thanks so much for taking the time to join me. Uh, you're welcome. Glad to do it. As I mentioned, the the breeze show happening in April, of course, is a very large sale, very competitive sale as well. Um, can you tell me a little bit uh, about how the breeze show has gone so far? And what are some of the things that you as a consigner look for at this stage of the game with your young horses getting ready to go through the ring in a couple days? Well, the breeze show uh, in this April sale goes on for about six or seven days. I think it's seven. Mm -hmm. And we try to do a hundred and 50, 60 or 70 per day. So we start at eight in the morning. The horses work individually. It's timed and video recorded. You know, so it's on then OBS's website. And there are plenty of buyers and agents and scouts here watching it, uh, watching it live. So we attempt to try to get finished at two o'clock or so. So we're done before the temperatures get uh, too high, you know, the three or four o'clock thing in the afternoon. So that takes 10, uh, takes about seven days to accomplish that whole thing. And we've gone through four days so far and it's been nice and smooth. The weather's been nice. 
Um, everybody seems to be pretty upbeat and happy, and it's going well. Of course, there's so much more preparation that goes into it before you even reach this pre-show, but many buyers really looking, as you said, with a fine-tooth comb at how these two-year-olds will breeze an eighth or a quarter mile before the sale. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and trying to get the best out of your horse at that one point? I think it's a balancing act because not only do we want to have our horses prepared to show off on this one-time opportunity, you need to keep in mind to try to do it safely. Mm. You know, so for us and most consigners these days, um, you know, we break 200 horses to go to the races also. And the program for these sales horses is no different than the ones going to the races early on. You know, there's lots of boring miles of conditioning to get bone and muscle remodeling. And then when the little bit of speed drills start, they're just little mini works. You know, usually I'll start with an eighth of a mile, two horses together in company. So they learn to not be afraid of their company, go nice and straight, get a nice lead change and accomplish that eighth of a mile in maybe 14 seconds. And then seven, eight, nine days later, we'll repeat it each time we go just a hair faster and a hair further. Mm -hmm. So by the time they get to the sale, they've done these little preparatory things seven, eight, nine times, and uh, they're, they're stronger and better and more safely ready to go at a higher speed at the sale. Mm -hmm. And uh, we work our horses eights and uh, let them gallop out well, the quarter and three eighths. Um, whether horses work an eighth or a quarter is consigner choice and preference. And what are some of the decision-making factors that go into deciding how to best show off your horse? Because mostly you'll see them work an eighth, and of course there's all the buzz of the 10 flats or lower, but those horses that do go a quarter work really strong as well. And, and I know, as you said, it's a choice for the consigner, which best will showcase that horse. Well, for, for us, we used to work everything quarters mm -hmm. and that was in an era that uh, was before there was so much attention to the galloping out after the wire. And at OBS now, you know, at the three quarter shoot, there'll be, uh, there must be a hundred people back there with cars and cameras and stopwatches and they're all you know watching the horses come out to at you know at that distance so we like to be able to work an eighth sharply look nice in front of the grandstands but then going out through this secondary crowd to still have a fresh energetic young horse mm -hmm. that's not uh tiring etc so they look good uh, on two showings on the same uh, same event. Uh, there's a lot of people that go quarters now, but when they get to galloping out around this crowd, pretty soon those young horses are working five eights and it's, it's a little more taxing on them. But again, it's consigner preference. Some people have been used to working quarters or perhaps they choose to work quarters with some horses that they think are not quick enough to have an acceptable mm -hmm. one-eighth mile work, but the quarter mile work, you know, will be more palatable. So uh, it's like coaching any sport, and you know, there's a lot mm -hmm. of different different choices, and everybody has their reasons for what they choose to do. 
And I know that the April sale is one that you really point for. Can you tell me a little bit about that and the timing of the sale and why it would be beneficial with your program? Well, for years, uh, we would bring a large consignment of horses to the March sale in an era when many other consigners were traveling all around the country, either to Gulfstream or Calder, pre-Gulfstream. Keeneland, when they had a two-year-old sale, Barrett's in California, uh, they would have horses at all of these sales. And we just brought our best horses to the March sale and stayed stayed here at home. And it rewarded us with being the leading consigner in March for probably 10 years in a row or so. Uh, now, as these other select sales have shrunken or gone extinct, everybody is choosing March and April to bring their horses to because there's not really another really viable marketplace. Timonium can absorb five or 600 in their May sale, but there's thousands of horses to sell. So the bulk of them end up coming uh, to OBS. We come now the last three years to OBS April only. Uh, it's partially personal convenience, so I can come I have 21 horses in this sale. I come over here once mm -hmm. and get it all accomplished. If if I happen to have a million dollar horse in my load, there's somebody in the April sale to buy that horse. Sure. And if I happen to have a $10,000 horse, there's somebody here to buy that horse too. It's it's shopped. It's Keeneland September of the two-year-old market. Mm -hmm. There's about, there's buyers for all different quality and caliber horses. And um, that's why we just come one time and uh, try to get them sold. You're also on the board of OBS and very involved in promoting the sales company itself. And as you said, um, this year is a little bit different too with larger March and April sales with uh, no more Gulfstream sale taking place. So the three big OBS sales really uh, for the majority of two-year-olds where they'll be selling. What are some of the things that have changed in this year and, and how has OBS made that uh, better for potential buyers and consigners? Well, with Gulfstream not having a sale, they would have, in the last few years, catalog, you know, cataloged 150 horses or so. So those horses are now absorbed mostly into OBS March or April. And in the March sale this year, we had over 800 horses, and the the gross sales uh, income or net sales income was 70 million dollars, uh, which is the highest it's ever been for a March sale here at OBS. Uh, the April sale oh, for the last five, six, seven years has been filled to capacity, and it is again this year. There's 1,200 stalls here at OBS, and this year there were 2,200 entries for those 1,200 spots. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes a difficult selection process to get 1,200 in, and then the other, the overflow uh, would go to, um, to the June sale. You have the, the synthetic track at OBS too, and it's something I know that um, consigners look positively on in having the opportunity to have a safe track to breeze their horses. Um, and I think that some questions are often brought up to the point from potential buyers or potential trainers if whether you can see the best from a horse breezing on the synthetic track. But you had been telling me some amazing stats about the past OBS sales and the success of horses, of course, on all surfaces, but on dirt as well. What are your thoughts on the breeze show taking place on the synthetic surface and how it might impact how people look at that horse? Well, some 
times I hear complaints about the synthetic surface in that uh, many horses will go, they'll, they'll bunch up and you'll have a lot of 10 flat works or a lot of very speedy horses. And that for some buyers, it becomes difficult to separate the horses into different categories. Um, in the olden times, when we had the, we had the dirt surface here for many mm -hmm. years, a couple of decades, uh, with the synthetic surface, it is undoubtedly safer for the horses. When we get uh, during a, you know, a seven-day breeze show that we're going through now, I mean, often we'll get someday that it is just a horrendous downpour. Mm -hmm. And uh, on the old and conventional surface, after the rain would stop, you would have a sea of soup. And then you know, the horses would be breezing down through this slop and it would be going right through the slop and hitting the base as they worked. And it was not the safest thing in the world. Uh, with, the, with this synthetic surface, it can be a horrendous downpour in 30 minutes after it stops raining, you're back in business and good to go. The number of serious injuries that we used to see uh, has diminished almost to nothing with the synthetic surface. The numbers of horses that maybe would get hurt in a more minor fashion with uh, maybe little ankle chips or things that has also decreased a lot so <clears throat> i think on the synthetic surface we can make it safer we have fewer bad injuries and we're able to pass on to buyers a sounder healthier young horse to go on to the races and to do well um, I've said, you know, in other interviews before, you know, the complaint about you can't pick out the good horses on the synthetic surface. Um, you know, no matter where you're buying horses, uh, you're, you're doing your best homework and the best you mm -hmm. can. If it's Keeneland September or if it was the old, uh, if it was Gulfstream two-year-old sale or Calder two-year-old sale, even on the dirt surface, you can be misled or fooled by a young horse. I mean, they may have all the raw materials to be the greatest thing ever, but they don't all work out. Mm -hmm. And everybody that does this for a living has bought horses that didn't pan out to be as good mm -hmm. athletes as they thought they were going to be. Mm -hmm. uh, that's part of life and the subjective nature of our sport. And it's part of what makes it unpredictable and fun. Because mm -hmm. if you didn't have those unknown entities like that, the, the, the biggest checkbook could buy the best horses and that would be the end of it. But um, with the synthetic surface now, if the same people do their same homework and buy their same horse and it doesn't work out, the fallback explanation now has become, well, that was on the synthetic surface and I couldn't tell. Um, just sort of ignoring basic fact of our thoroughbred world mm -hmm. you can't tell with certainty no matter what surface you're on it's a game that keeps you humble that's for sure um, what do you think are some of the things that allow a horse to stand out to prospective buyers in these two-year-old sales <clears throat> i think they have to show adequate speed they do not necessarily need to be at the top tier of the speed charts but they have to have speed you know the era of plotters you know winning classic races in this country are pretty much extinct mm -hmm. you know at some point during the derby you have to be able to hit the gas pedal and there be acceleration there 
Um, so you can't just go and plot around. So they have to have adequate amount of speed. Uh, people then get to see the way they move, either in person or reviewing and reviewing the, the video stuff. People, uh, some companies measure their stride length. Uh, you have people that are watching the breeze show that can hear uh, whether a horse is making a respiratory noise or not and note that. So there's a lot more information to be harvested about a young prospect than you could get only at a yearling sale on a shank. Um, it, it's another level of the progression in a young horse's life. So some people that really like to buy in the two-year-old sales are going to now be able to pick out horses they really like that you know, have already been through the early part of their training. If, if, a, if a young horse has trouble in the braking process or makes a noise or it becomes unsound early, the, these buyers of two-year-olds don't have to deal with that. That's already been sorted out for them. Mm -hmm. So what they're getting is another, you know, a look at a horse that's six months older than they were as a yearling and they can pick out the things they like. Um, statistically, if you look at the two-year-old market, OBS in particular on, you know, the list of graded grade one champion horses that come out of the two-year-old sales, it's extensive. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of good horsemen getting these horses ready to come to a two-year-old sale and the buyers are then buying a product that's been molded and, you know, more ready for going on to the races. So uh, I think there's a lot of things that they can see to make a better decision on the horse that they want to put their chips on. You have a background in veterinary medicine as well. Uh, how do you think those experiences impact uh, the day-to-day -day with what you do as a as a consigner and um, with with even horses coming back onto the farm with layups or prepping them to go directly to the races? I think it helps a lot. I mean, there's plenty of people that do what I do and do it very well that are not veterinarians, mm -hmm. you know, but I, I have that extra level of... Uh, you know, the educational piece plus the experience piece. I practiced for a long time at the races. So I was able to see what does work and doesn't work, you know, when you get to that level of, uh, of their training. Um, I think it, it helps me to analyze things in a scientific way that makes, you know, helps me make better decisions, I hope. It's a family affair, I know, at Eisman Equine. Uh, your daughter interested in in the business, in, in veterinary medicine as well. Can you talk a little bit about that dynamic? Well, she just, uh, I'm at OBS right now, and she just left here. She, uh, our daughter's in her second year of uh, vet school at the University of Florida. When she first started into veterinary school, uh, I think Sherry and I would have been you know, just as pleased if she chose a career in small animal medicine mm -hmm. and surgery rather than horses. The horse veterinary lifestyle and work, it's, it's very trying. It's mm -hmm. long hours, and uh, but she has uh, been raised around these things her whole life. And, you know, she rode show horses for quite a while and helps us with all aspects of running the training center. So she's all, she's all in for the horse stuff. And um, it's... Uh, it's very rewarding because I can, uh, I enjoy watching her enthusiasm for learning and doing stuff. Mm. 
You were telling me some amazing things about the impact of OBS on the community in Ocala and um, the kind of far-reaching uh, effects that we'll see besides what happens at the sale itself. Well, <clears throat> it gives a lot of local farms and people a local place to sell their horses. Uh, we also have a huge feed production business that's geared towards broodmare, you know, raising <clears throat> mares and foals, uh, training horses, but also a, a division that produces feeds specifically for the show horse world. And in our, in our community now, we have an immense population of hunters, jumpers, quarter horses, all different types of, uh, of horses. The World Equestrian Center as is being developed within a 10 minute drive of OBS. And that's the largest uh, horse show venue in this country. I don't know about the world, but it's, it's right up there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it brings, even in, in the sales of horses here, again, when we had 70 million in sales last month, that money gets dispersed out to local farms a lot. And so it keeps a lot of people employed and a lot of farms running and operating and that money gets spent in this greater Ocala area, a lot of it. So it's, it's a big deal. So many farms in the area, as you mentioned, and I know you have uh, your own broodmare band as well. Can you tell me a little bit about that side of the business? We used to have 20 or 25 mares and we would breed uh, often in Kentucky and raise a young horse that we could sell in the two-year-old training sale. You know, then we, we would go to Keeneland and buy yearlings to supplement our homebred bunch. Mm -hmm. uh, but in recent years, we've gone from 20 or 25 to four or five. Uh, the selection process at the two-year-old sales at the end that we like to play on is geared more and more towards the higher quality pedigrees. And, you know, we found we had to adjust the um, the quality level of the mares we were carrying to be competitive. So we shrunk from the 20 plus to four or five. I can't even begin to count the number of years where our brood mares would be the, the biggest pusher of our economy here. Mm -hmm. You know, just about the time you think, well, things it's going to be an average year, here will come a homebred that sells for half a million dollars and mm -hmm. it uh, makes the whole year go. So it's been very good. My wife, Sherry's passionate about the mares and the matings and the selection process and the raising the young horses. Uh, it's something that she is very, very good at, as well as very, very good at helping to buy yearlings at the yearling sale. She has a keen understanding and foresight of being able to buy things and looking to see what they're going to look like in six months whenever we're finished preparing them. Um, you know, if we're going to make a living reselling, if you're reselling shoes or trucks or cars or horses, you have to be able to buy something at a wholesale level and sell it at a more of a retail level. Mm -hmm. And we decided in our sales world decades ago that we were not going to race. We, uh, you know, we're service providers to some of the biggest trainers in the country and we sell race prospects. And I think that has helped us because when people come to our consignment, they know we don't race. We have not picked out the five we like best and set them aside and brought to the marketplace the leftovers. We bring everything. And we're also always immensely more concerned about 
having a customer be very happy with what they buy from us. We want to sell somebody 10 horses, not one, and then be un displeased with it. Mm -hmm. So over the years, uh, the customer base that we have that comes back to look at our horses is large. And, you know, it's, it's very rewarding. You have a busy week coming up with this April sale. Can you give us a little rundown of, of the horses that you have in the sale and ones you're maybe particularly excited about? Well, we have 21 and it's, it's really a very good load. If I, I could pick out a couple, I guess one, one Colt, an Oscar performance Colt out of the mare balance. Uh, so that makes that catalog page balances a half sister to Zenyatta. And on the catalog page is Confidence Game, who's one of the 20 mm -hmm. horses that currently has a spot uh, in the Derby starting gate. But this Oscar performance uh, is a first-year sire. Um, since we bought this colt in September, he's really caught on and done very well. And this is a big, attractive, two-turn, derby-dreaming kind of a horse. Mm -hmm. you know, so we've been very, very, uh, very happy with him. We have another Curlin filly. She's hit 1030 out of a half sister to Escandrea uh, that has not yet had her brief show, but she uh, she just oozes class and confidence and beautiful way of going and does uh, does everything that way. Um, I was really pleased. We have an audible filly that sells almost sells hip four really, really close to the beginning of the mm -hmm. sale. She has grown and broadened and uh, is a beautiful body and a beautiful athletic filly uh, and makes me think that Audible will have a very good chance to be a successful, one of the successful first year sires. We have two horses from last year's OBS sales that are in the Derby this year. You know, one we sold last April. Um, practical move yeah. and another one that we had in the June sale raise cane. So uh, we're, we've, we've had over the years, I don't know, probably 15 or 20 Derby starters. We managed a win without have another and uh, maybe this year will be another one. How exciting and rewarding is that to see a horse that you've sold go on to do something special like running in the Kentucky Derby? It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, the kind of fun that that keeps this business so interesting you know again since we don't race we want every horse we sell to be so successful for the people that buy them mm -hmm. i think some people that race might say dang i let the derby winner go but uh we we want them to win and do well and uh, you know the, our list of grade one stakes horses that have come through our uh, training center is quite long and quite extensive Hopefully, uh, one of these two, Practical Move, currently is the one that is more favored and has uh, probably uh, a better looking chance to do well, but he's bound to be in one of the top uh, three or four, and uh, I'll be listening to see what Acacia has to say about <laughs> him on Derby Day when she's given her rundown. I can't wait to see him and uh, hope that you have next year's Derby winner in this upcoming sales bunch too. Barry, thank you so much for taking the time and, and sharing some of your, uh, your extensive knowledge with everybody on the show today. You're welcome. Have a good day.
And that's it for another episode of In the Ring. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks um, very much to Dr. Barry Eisman for taking the time to uh, share some of his knowledge and some insight as we go into the OBS April two-year-old sale. You can check out and follow all of the action on obssales.com. Um, check out the Breeze Show. Check out the pedigrees. You can follow along with live sales results next week as the sale takes place. Just a reminder, the OBS April two-year-old sale going on April 25th to 28th. Tip number one, kicking things off on Monday the 25th. So um, thanks as always for joining me today. A big thank you to OBS Sales for their support of In the Ring, and I'll see you next time.